You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, Earth Station One listeners, and welcome to another episode. We have great news for you. We have big news. The movies are back, especially the big blockbusters that we've been missing over the last year and a half. It is amazing to be able to say we have a brand new MCU movie, movie, TV shows. No, movie, 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 movie. We have Black Widow after much delay, multiple releases saying we're going to be releasing it here. We're going to be releasing it here. It's finally available. And was it worth it? Was it not worth it? We're going to talk all about it tonight. We will let you guys know what we thought of this film. And yes, we will be spoiling it. So consider that your warning. And the man who doesn't need to worry about being brainwashed in the Red Room is here tonight. Let's welcome my co-host, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy! You feel like ready to take on the world? I feel like ready. I, I feel good. You feel good. I feel like I feel like super soldier. Ah, you feel like the time you took on Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> All the times I beat that Captain America. Mhm. Mhm. It's interesting. It was it was a fun fun film to talk about tonight. My Russian accent is only slightly better than David's. Um, <laughs> slightly. Slightly. It it was, you know, I think, you know, Everyone else's did fairly good, but the rest, David's, go back to Stranger Things, sir. <laughs> but we'll talk about it. But it was, it's really good to see you, and it's going to be fun to talk about a brand new movie. And, you know, I'll be curious to see what Alex and Ashley, who are joining us later tonight, thought of this also. We even got our movie people here tonight, folks. This is exciting. This is really exciting. I'm almost doing Kermit flails right now. That's how excited <laughs> I am about it. So it's kind of cool with that. But we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Please write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear what you have to say for us and hear what's going on and everything. What did you guys think of this movie? Did you like it? Did you not? Of course, we always want you guys to let your friends and neighbors tell you know about us. And if you get a chance, please, 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 wherever you listen to our show, give us five stars and leave us a review. We would so appreciate it. And if you're not going to give us five stars, don't tell us. I don't want to know who you are, but you know, Five stars are good. The rest, eh, not so much. But we still love you guys, and thank you guys for listening, as we like to say. But we definitely, you know, want everybody to, you know, hopefully enjoy the movie tonight and talk to us about it, and we want to hear all about it. Were you excited to go see it? Did you see it at the theaters? Did you not? You know, we got, we're going to talk all about that tonight, I'm sure. So it'll be a lot of fun, and, you know, we also want to get the show moving. We got a great crew for us waiting in the geek seat so i better get moving and stop talking about the movie and so let's get um started and giving a big shout out to our patrons and want to say thank you thank you to everyone who has been you know subscribing to our eso network patreon and you know what we actually even got a new patron this last week want to give a big 
Shout out to Susan N. Thank you, thank you for you know subscribing to the ESO Patreon and your support. And you too can help support the ESO Patreon for as little as twenty five cents a week. That's only a dollar a month, folks. And you know what? For a dollar a month, you can hear you know exclusive material that's only available to our ESO patrons. And as you go to the different tiers, because we have four tiers on there, you get different swag, you get different events, and you might even take a shot at the Geek Seat, which you'll be hearing in a little bit. So kind of fun with that kind of stuff. But we want to thank you for it, as we like to say. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. Also, Tofosi Optical. Summer is here. Time to get sunglasses. That's right. Tifo- your friends at Tifosi Optics. TifosiOptics.com has all kinds of cool sunglasses ready to, for all your summer needs. You know, as it gets hotter and more you want to spend time outside, you know what? Sunglasses are a necessity. And, you know, nobody wants to squint lines. So get sunglasses. And Tifosi Optics has sunglasses, all different colors, all different kind of frames. All kind of different styles. Pretty darn awesome. Even prescription glasses. All you have to do is go to TifosiOptics.com, put in the coupon code EarthStation1, the podcast you're listening to right now, and you get 10% off your whole order. Just not one pair, but your whole order. Check it out, TifosiOptics.com. And now we're here with new friend of the show. Let's welcome from Terminus Media, Mark Stencil. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks a lot, Mike. Good to be here. We see you have brought a friend along with you, too. Absolutely. We brought uh, Daniel Hancock. Daniel is a great writer, producer uh, that works with us here at Terminus Media. And uh, is, is, I was telling you earlier, he's extremely productive. And uh, so he's joining us from where you at? You're at the Great Adventure in Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's Adventure. We were just out here. It's in Muskegon, Michigan. Uh, it's uh, roller coasters and water park <laughs> kind of thing. So took the kids out there for the day and we're heading to uh, stay at a hotel out this way. It's a couple, couple hours from our house. So well, we are glad to glad to have you here, especially Mark. It's been I mean, I've known you for what, over a decade now? Oh, at least a decade. <laughs> and, you know, you know, in the creative world, there's there's some things that you're kind of walking down artist alley at the convention or whatever. And you're like, oh, OK, yeah, OK, there's. There's another Dragon Ball Z guy, or there's another guy who's got the next Star Wars or whatever. But then you say something really odd, like Tiki Zombie. <laughs> and there's a, you know, there's all this great Tiki stuff and the, the, the umbrella and these super nice guys. Uh, and so I always love to stop by and talk to you guys about, hey, what's going on? And, oh, hey, Peter Cutler, what's going on with you? So <laughs> it's always good to see you guys out and about. Well, and likewise, it's always great to see you at a show, too. And and uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but in case I haven't, uh, and I certainly haven't with you on here, um, uh, you know, Tiki Zombie probably wouldn't exist in some form if it wasn't for you. Uh, because uh, uh, you actually, you know, w- way back in, I don't know what it was, like 15 years ago or so, I saw you give a presentation about how to how to get started and, and get, produce your own comic. And uh, that got me on the road to thinking about really seriously about producing my own comic. So, so uh, that you're, it's your fault, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, wow. Like, any, wow. <laughs> like you're the, you're to blame. I, I, yeah, you, I owe you big time. I'll take all the blame and you can take all the credit for any successes, any successes, please take credit. Uh, but for those people who may not be as familiar, tell us a little bit about Terminus Media and what you do. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, Tremendous Media started almost 20 years ago now uh, here in uh, uh, Atlanta, which was Marthasville, and then was Terminus uh, before that when it was the end of the world, the end of the rail line. And we just started in the back room of a comic shop, and uh, there was no film business to speak of in Atlanta at the time. And so we were a bunch of writers. We, we called ourselves Write Club initially. It was when Brad Pitt was fighting in the basement with Edward Norton writing with oh no spoilers <laughs> i don't want to give it away but uh yeah we were writing i thought i thought the first rule was you don't talk about right? yeah i oh, thought you see? weren't supposed to talk about it <laughs> i'm already breaking the, the rules sorry uh so we just started we were writing screenplays and we were we thought we were writing great screenplays you know and i don't know if they were great or not but we were talking about how can we uh, we don't live in los angeles we don't live in new york how can we market these things and we all had a love for the, the for comic books, that sequential art storytelling medium. So we started converting our screenplays to to uh, comic book scripts and uh, grabbing artists and saying, "Hey, can you come over here? What do you think? You want to work with me on this?" And we decided to make a a little uh, comic book, and we called it Evolution because it went from nothing to something and uh we made our first black and white comic book that i think it had five stories in it and it was black and white and it was what it was what we could do at the time and we were proud of it and we went to dragon con with our little homemade booth (laughs) and uh we sold a couple hundred comics at dragon con so we were just really thrilled uh, about connecting with an audience of people uh, who liked what we were doing and so we kept making comics and then we made graphic novels and then we made animation to to promote our comics it seems like everything we've gotten into we got into to, to promote something else uh but we <laughs> ended up having clients ask us to do comic books and animation for them uh we did over an hour of animation for the cdc and we uh, wrote the story of nitto tires it's a big japanese uh tire company about their company and how they got started so it just kind of snowballed from there and uh, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, creative people and, uh, and and meeting just the greatest people on the planet. We were talking about the Atlanta Radio Theater Company earlier and Bill Rich and, and the team over there and just just some of the best people uh, you could ever want to meet and collaborate with are right here in Atlanta. Uh, mm-hmm. So great stuff. Yeah, and it's a great story. And you guys, man, you guys, it's it is it is a you know true test to your perseverance and everything. That I mean, there's a lot of companies, a lot of uh, places are, that have like come and gone in that time span, right? And it's true. Uh, you guys are still kicking around, which is great. I love to see that, and uh, it's good to have you here, uh, Daniel. How did you get involved with this Motley Crew? Yeah, well, I'm um, a little bit newer to the company. Mark's been around uh, a lot longer working at this stuff. But, uh, he says I you're old. That's him. what he's saying. <laughs> thanks yeah. a lot, Daniel. <laughs> but, hey, you know, Gosh, I'll, thanks it's wisdom, lot. man. It comes with the wisdom, though. You're gone. But uh, no, we uh, <laughs> they had this awesome um, image on Instagram, you know, and I, I don't get on Instagram a whole lot, but I try to stay hip and, uh, you know, be one of the cool kids. And so I'm scrolling and I see this um, awesome sci-fi lioness, you know, medieval looking character and and so I just reached out and said, what is this? And what are you guys doing? And I actually connected with Dr. Baron Bell, who is the creator of Dominion, uh, Fall of the House of Saul, which is the flagship for um, the new line of comics that Terminus is doing. And so 
in the process of uh, discussing that with him, I actually ended up coming on as a writer and editor for the books. And uh, I've kind of grown into other areas of the company since then. So it's been great to work on that project and others and uh, looking forward to the new stuff that we have coming as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Tell us about, uh, tell us about this new line of, of books that you guys are doing. Well, Dominion uh, was pitched to me at the, at the very beginning of 2020 before the, you know, uh, coronavirus pandemic hit in force. And we we're talking about, you know, what do we want to do as a company? Where do we want to go? And uh, so one thing we wanted to focus on is uh, faith and family friendly comics, comics that you can give to a kid or a mom can buy for, for the kid and not worry about uh, content. So uh, Baron Bell, he's actually the creator who created our very first graphic novel uh, called Radio Free America. Uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of a PG-13 comic about uh, the end of the world and us being nuked by foreign powers and uh, and the way the resistance uh, coordinates itself is through hip-hop music, beats and scratches is, is how they encode the, the encoded messages to the resistance. And uh, so that, that book ended up being our very first graphic novel, uh, just a, a great book. And so Baron and I were talking about what do we want to work on creatively? Because uh, as a creator, you have to be engaged with what you're, what you're creating. You know, when you become disconnected from it and you don't care about it anymore, it really shows and the audience is kind of rolling their eyes going, man, if you don't like this, then how, how, how do you think we're going to like it? So we were just talking about where were we passionate about, what we want to do. And Baron pitched this idea to me to tell the story of uh, King Saul in the Bible, who was the first king of Israel. But he wanted to tell it with these interplanetary worlds called Dominion. And the good guys are uh, warm-blooded creatures like uh, lions and tigers and wolves and deer and rhinoceros, etc. And the bad guys, the Philistines, are cold-blooded creatures like lizards and snapping turtles and alligators, crocodiles, etc. Snakes and uh they all fight in this intergalactic war and uh, but it's telling like a one of these old stories from the bible that most people aren't familiar with but the main character king saul was going to be a lion uh, in space you know when he said that it's like i'm a kid who grew up in the 80s watching like thundercats when i got home from school and silver hawks and so when he mentioned lions in space i'm like ding uh, <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah we're going to do that yeah it, it, yeah and so I'm interrupting his, you know, his pitch. And uh, I was just re- very excited about uh, about that. So, yeah, we're on Chapter 3 now. And Daniel could probably tell you more about uh, Dominion in terms of its core and, and, and what it's about than, than I could. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, yeah, sure. Dominion is um, inspired by the book of 1 Samuel in the Bible. And uh, so we're taking the story of King Saul and, and Jonathan and... Uh, David and Goliath and all that that entails and uh, kind of relocating it and adapting it into a sci-fi universe full of mechs and space battles and all kinds of awesome, uh, amazing stuff. So at the end of chapter three of Dominion, we get our first, we get our first panel of David in, in his mech, right. You know, running towards battle and his mech is called the slingshot. And, you know, it's like, one of those things where when you look at something you're creating and you kind of get the, you know, that, that jolt of lightning, like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is it. This is what, this is what I love about comics. This is what I love about creative people and creative things. 
so yeah, I'm really excited about uh, where we're going with Dominion. And and to get to read it in the whole graphic novel format, uh, read all three chapters in one fell swoop, uh, just uh, we'll let folks know when that's available. It should be in the next couple of weeks. Oh, wow. So, so that's exciting. Um, so the, the second sort of Bible-based uh, book, and, you know, just a disclaimer, you don't have to be a Bible person or, or actually care about the Bible to enjoy these entertaining stories about these, these really rich uh, characters with a lot of depth and a lot of, um, uh, there, there's just a lot there with these characters. So Samson Rice starts off at the ending of, of the story, uh, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like Pulp Fiction, right? Where uh, you know you start in the middle of the story, at the end of the story, and then you go back to see how we got here. So that, that's one thing I like about Samson Rise. It's a it's a very gritty. It's more of a PG thirteen uh, uh, comic book that uh, you know he's in prison and his his eyes are gouged out and. He he went from being the, the strongest, the best, that all the chicks were all, you know, like, ooh, I got to get together with this guy, to being the guy in prison that no, that is abandoned, that nobody cares about. Uh, so, yeah. Daniel, you, you, you have any more to say about Samson Rath? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's been great uh, to connect with the creators on that book, uh, the two guys who um, really are the masterminds behind the project. I became kind of an editor for the book um, and worked on them with it in the last stretch. But uh, uh, they're from Australia. The guys were former Disney artists. They worked at the Sydney uh, Disney studio down there and uh, Matt Baker and Daryl Pennington. And uh, both of them, absolutely incredible talent. Uh, their vision for the story, the way that they, uh, as they put it, mine it for gold. You know, looking at this Bible story that's been kind of, you know, sometimes flannel graft to kingdom come. You know, it's it's like super sanitized versions of it, you know, for kids' Bibles or whatever. And then other times it's just kind of done in a very cheesy way. And they've taken it and, and really kind of uh, went in a, to a deep dive to kind of see what was going on inside of the characters' hearts and, and uh, you know, and to visualize that in a very stunning and unique way, too. So the artwork, incredible. Writing is excellent. And uh, it's definitely, uh, it's a short, shorter, you know, kind of a book. It's just a one-off, you know, so it's not like a full-on series or anything. But I, I feel like it's satisfying, though. I feel like it's got a lot of uh, catharsis to it, you know, the way that they put it together. So definitely worth checking out. Um, we've had the ongoing debate, Mark, you know, about whether it was super, what would we say, Superman, the Incredible Hulk, or Wolverine. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's like he's right. kind of got some Thor going on in there. You know, it's like, so you kind of see the, the biblical superhero uh, kind of take shape in their version of it. So definitely cool. And another cool thing is you can check it out on the website, of course, uh, terminusmedia.com slash Samson. And, um, also, we have trailers for uh-huh. Samson Rise and for Dominion. Uh, they're just kind of, uh, you know, the panels and we've done voice acting and music and it kind of gives a good a good idea of what you can expect from the comic book. So definitely check those out as well. Excellent. Yeah, Daniel Daniel's a great producer of um, audio and, and animation. Um, there's a, a, another product on our website called um, End of Darkness, uh, which is a full cast production uh, that, that Daniel worked on with... Um, uh, uh, some great voice actors in Michigan, and um, so yeah, that that the, those production chops really really boost the the the, the quality of those 
those animated trailers. Because, you know, sometimes you look at a comic book and you either give it the flip test or you look at the you look at the cover to decide, is this anything I care about? Is this something I, I'm interested in reading or not? Because uh, I think a lot of us, we tend to go with kind of the sure shot, that safe comic that we know we always like. I like this writer. I like this artist. So I know what to expect from them. So, uh, you know, for us, with uh, having some, a lot of folks look at our, our books that may not be familiar with us, those trailers are a great uh, place to go to kind of figure out, is this something you're interested in? The other thing it helped with, too, is uh, it, the trailers that have given us a chance to kind of pitch what we're going to be doing with the book series, whereas the first, like, it's going to take some time, especially with the Dominion series. Right. You right. know, it's going to take us some time to really work that story out and what we're going to do with it. It's such a big idea. And so uh, to the trailer, the goal of that first one especially was to really kind of encapsulate what to what you can expect from the series, whereas you might flip test the first book or read the first chapter and go, you know, I like it, but I'm not really sure where it's going. The trailer kind of gives you a little bit more of a promise, uh, you know, what you can uh, see coming down the line. So yeah, a whole bunch of explosions, <laughs> <laughs> whole bunch so, of stuff. So whole we're going to, I'm going to send Michael Bay a letter and, you know, formally ask him to at least do the, do the episode. Uh, with now, 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 now you now? said that you guys, you guys, Not you, guys a good idea. You, you just said you focus on quality, man. Like, uh, don't, uh, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Come on. You're going to go down the you know, okay, no, path that's going to lead you to destruction <laughs> right there. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, before they, they start like, you know, pandering to Hollywood's more, um, uh, let's find out what they, they're, they're, they're really all about. Mike, I think they're ready for the geek seat, man. Oh, I don't know if they're really ready for the geek seat well is anybody nobody ever really is you know they say they are but you know each week we find out you know after (laughs) we get off the air and the people go i can't believe you put that me through that oh my god (laughs) they sound all positive and cocky afterwards but we Mm. we actually have the behind scene behind the scenes going and you know it's pretty cool Mm. so is it going to be both of you guys or just one of you going through the geek seat tonight hey man you're the boss man you tell us well, Mark, I think since Put Mark through it. He's the geek. I'm not really a geek, so everybody's oh, a, everybody's a geek in their own. Everybody's <laughs> geeky about something. I'm that's kidding. our that's what we say. Here. I'm kidding. Yeah, I was gonna say. I am I am an Uber geek. Yeah, yeah we know, knows, we know. This is geek stuff. I'm gonna though. get I'm in. Like, I'm gonna get interviewed by uh, in the insult comic dog at some point. Oh, it's my dream. I'm not a geek. I'm like a poser geek. Comics. I I like to pretend I'm a geek. You know when it, you know and try and look like I'm cool geek yeah but, yeah uh, he he oh, had oh. no fun at the amusement park today folks that's right you know he didn't right. geek out at all today you know so all right mark your first question the geek seat what was your favorite geek out moment mm, my favorite geek out moment well i love sci-fi and i would say my favorite geek out moment was in the early 90s when my roommate came home and he said you got to go see this movie the matrix and i was like what is it about just go and see it and so i'm watching the matrix and everything and if you haven't seen it why not you know go see the this old 90s movie but when when neo sits up in that pod and and you realize that everything you thought was real is not like it my brain literally went boom i, I felt like I don't know, you know that how good sci-fi makes you smarter than you were before? It helps mm-hmm. you maybe see things a different way. It helps you discern truth from, from error. 
And uh, I think that's probably one of my favorite moments sitting in a movie theater where I was like, this movie just like blew my mind. And uh, then all the, the, the cinematography and the shots that were groundbreaking at that time, it, it really, it really gave me a new appreciation for, for films and, and what a, what a great sci-fi film can do. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with that. Agree with that completely. What was your most disappointing geek out moment? <laughs> oh wow! Um, these are not easy most, questions, you know. People have these been are in- not easy. These are not easy questions. Probably, uh, I was so excited about the the Star Wars prequels, and I remember hearing Jar Jar Binks talk for the first time. And you know, with the uh, Return of the Jedi, I was okay with the the little teddy bear uh, creatures running around in the forest and stuff. Uh, but I had read that they were originally supposed to be Wookiees, and I was like, yeah, Wookiees would have been better. Um, the Ewoks, <laughs> you know, Ewoks, whatever. But I, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. But, uh, yeah, when Jar Jar with that, it was the voice actor that it was just got under my skin, and I was like, ugh. ugh this is like, this is grating. This is grating on me so badly, and I want to I wanna love this so much. And I, you know, I admire George Lucas and his is uh, this world that he's built so much and I was just sitting there going but I don't like this oh, I don't like this well you know you can't like everything as we like to say the prequels are very popular answer. oh yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> what geeks you out the most uh, what geeks me out the most is sitting down in a brainstorming session with a bunch of creative people and starting out with a blank whiteboard or a blank piece of paper and walking out of that room with something that has never existed before, something that we created by putting our collective minds together, and and it's it's this it's it's like magic, honestly. And why do you do this? Is it is it for the glory and the riches? Now I do this because <laughs> that creative process is the most rewarding, funnest thing, you know, for a guy like me who believes in the creator. Like this is what, this is what he's excited about. That's awesome. This, yeah, that, and that's where I feel closest to that that energy, that that just raw power of of the universe. It's it's the greatest thing ever. Cool, but what turns your geek off? <laughs> what turns my geek off? Um, really bad questions from podcast hosts. No. <laughs> no, I think I think I don't like 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 mean judgmental people you know it's like sometimes you know you'll be at a convention or something you have some you know some super nerd who's going to tell everybody else you know what's what's cool and what's not and kind of browbeat other people and stuff and i'm always like dude you know we're, we're talking about imaginary stories about imaginary stuff you know you don't need to like get on your high horse about this stuff yeah. so I, I just don't i just don't like mean judgmental people okay awesome what fictional character would you like to meet the most? Fictional character? Yeah. Huh. Wow, that's a great question. Um, fictional character that I would like to meet the most. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Fictional character. You know, probably it would be it would be between two things. It would be either Gandalf from The Lord of the Rings. Because I want to ask him about all the magic stuff. How does how does that work exactly? And, and how old are you really? Um, either him or maybe Yoda. Like sit down with them because same question. 
yeah. those dudes got a whole bunch of knowledge from somewhere that's not that's outside my sphere of knowledge. So I would just want to sit there and ask them a bunch of questions. That's awesome. That is really good. What fictional character would you not like to meet, though? George R. Binks. Number one answer, no, right there. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That is awesome, dude. That is awesome. What is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or pose? Oh, geek word, phrase, uh, pose. Um, geek. Um, uh, yeah, I like the whole, you know, in the Marvel movies when the superhero drops from a high point and he does that kind of superhero crouch and makes the ground crack open and stuff. He he makes that dramatic entry. Oh yeah. I like the whole dramatic entry thing. Okay. I, I think that's a something that's unique to that whole genre. They talked a lot <laughs> about that in Black Widow, which we're gonna be reviewing yeah. in a little bit. I think I saw her do that three times just in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Which I'm okay with that. I'm not complaining. What is your ideal geek occupation? Um you know, ideal geek occupation you know i really i really like what uh like like steve jobs when he started pixar um, it was a really tough go of it initially you know he's he's pumping like five million dollars a year and losing he's losing money and it's all going really bad but i love the way he sort of uh turned things around he, he did the deal with disney um they made some films and then disney said you work for us and he was like no <laughs> uh we're gonna go find other distribution and he managed to get Disney to, to pay him you know, mm -hmm. a billion dollars. So, um, you know, I think, you know, Ed Catmull and all the guys at Pixar, what they've been able to accomplish in terms of groundbreaking technology, um, telling stories in a new way. And it's not so new now. It's what, how many years later, 15, 20 years later. But sure. I really, I really admire that, that, that technical and creative innovator. So that's, that's really where I want to be that the technical and creative innovator. That's awesome. What geek occupation would you not like to do though? Hmm. Geek occupation. Uh, probably like, like clean up after the convention. <laughs> Once again, our number one answer. <laughs> I've seen those, I've seen those guys doing that and I've done that myself having to break down the booth and, and, you know, Dragon Con, it starts on Thursday and it goes Friday and Saturday and then Sunday it's over. So you've already Monday been there. Monday it's over. Monday it's over. That's right. So you've been there for, for five days already and uh, you're just exhausted. And it's like, oh, now we have to break down the booth. So, yeah, break, breaking down the booth is, is something that all of us, you know, who have who've been in this creative world, it's something we've done and it's, it's not fun. It's like, I want to be the rich uh, the rich guy from, you know, Marvel, who's just like, I got a plane to catch, you know, so that would go. Okay, Mr. Feige, that's understandable. <laughs> all right, Mark, your final question, the geek seat. This is for it all. This is, makes it count. What is your ultimate geek fantasy? Uh, ultimate geek fantasy? You know, I've always wanted to make a live action Thundercats movie. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe working with the folks from Farscape because I love what they did with the makeup, uh, like on Shiana and um, some of the other the characters, the the blue priestess. Um, I forget what her name is, but <laughs> um, I just think that would be I, I just think that would be so fun to be working on that project. So Thundercats live action movie. Will I will I will I do that? Will I help you? Yes. Sign me up for that. 
That is awesome, dude. That is really awesome. Well, Mark, I've got some great news for you. Mark Stencil, you've made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations. Yes, yes, thank you. Mr. Mike yes. Gordon, See, tell the young man see, what he's won. That's what I'm talking about. Look at this. He's, uh, he's a great geek, right? Oh, I <laughs> told you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to live up to this. No. Cash and prizes. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $68.21. Sweet. Yes. Sweet. Yes. I'm going to like use that. Oh, well, definitely. you know, like I said, you know, we tell everybody it's the disclaimer. It's station currency. The closer you get that back down to the planet, the the less it gets. So. It's like <laughs> think of it as Six Flags money, you know that type. Of thing. Oh, Six Flags tokens, exactly, <laughs> exactly. tickets or Chuck E. Cheese tokens. It's awesome. Oh, Chuck E. Cheese tokens, exactly. Daniel, you'll be in the Geek Seat eventually. We will get you back, sir. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you dodged a bullet this time. <laughs> yeah, no, that works. <laughs> Certainly, you're both invited. Anytime you need to promote a project, please uh, feel free. Tell us where we can find out more about Dominion and everything else that's going on at Terminus Media. Sure. Um, folks can go to www.terminusmedia.com, and you can find our links to social media there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. We're, we're everywhere. So you can connect to us there, and you can see future projects. Uh, that we're working on as well, like Ascension, uh, which is kind of a, a, a horror story kind of thing that we're uh, ramping up production on. So, yeah, get in touch with us and, and you know, follow us there and we'll follow back. And we just uh, appreciate you guys having us on the show. We, we listen to the show. We love the show. So appreciate it. That is awesome, man. Thank you guys so, so much. But we got to move on. Let's take a quick break and we will be back and we are going to be doing our review of... Black Widow. <gasps> Welcome to the Ring of Thunder, the most electrifying wrestling podcast in the Thunderverse and the ESO network. From the power of the people's host, Sexy Thor, critics say, It doesn't matter what the critics say. You already know you're in for a hammer-swinging, burrito-eating, mic-blazing, hair-raising time with this weekly wrestling adventure. WWE, AEW, Impact, and whatever else I can possibly fit. If you hear what the thunder is talking. You don't know everything about me. I've lived a lot of lives. Before I was an Avenger. Before I got this family. I made mistakes. Choosing between what the world wants you to be. And who you are. back to where it all started where did you think i was all this time we have unfinished business my girls are the toughest girls in the world i'm sorry we had our orders and we played our role it wasn't real it was real to me To me, you were everything. Bring her home. 
Hey there, welcome back to Earth Station One. Now it is time, folks. It is time. We are ready for Black Widow. Take it away, Mikey. Well, yeah, this is uh this has been a long time coming. Well over Literally a, year. a long time coming. <laughs> at, well over a year at least. Uh but Black Widow is finally here in theaters and on Disney Plus. And uh, you know, we've got a, a, a our movie crew is reunited once again and feels so good um to be honest with you guys uh ashley and alex i have to tell you as soon as this movie was over i couldn't wait to talk about it and i couldn't wait to talk to you, uh, you guys about it like i have missed this uh this is the this really feels like movie season is back um so uh welcome back oh thank you i've just had a smile on my face all day because it's like i went to the theater to see a blockbuster and I get to talk about it with the ESO crew again. So I know we have a long way to go before the world returns to normal, but it's fun to have something like this to, to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it, it really does feel like, especially in, in of, you look over the last, what, 10 years, um, us talking about the Marvel movie that's in theaters finally makes things feel a little bit more normal yeah um, this this is our first marvel movie since july of 2019 wow. <laughs> that's uh, i mean wow yeah the last thing marvel we saw on the big screen was finding out that peter parker is spider-man <laughs> spoilers <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah uh and uh you know uh this has been a long time coming as well so um let's talk alex about box office so uh this is a weird hybrid i think it's going to be the norm now maybe uh depends on how well they do um so which makes us really wonder what the mulan numbers are now um <laughs> we'll never know disney went ahead and announced it uh, first of all the numbers is showing uh 80, uh, uh, 80 million at the theaters yeah. for uh, for Black Widow, and that includes the Thursday night preview. Now then, Disney has announced sixty million worldwide through Disney Plus, and we're assuming that thirty million of it is coming from the U.S. and Canada, which puts Black Widow at a hundred and ten million dollars combined streaming and theatrical and the good news for a lot of the movie folks is that the number was higher in the theaters um it got progressively worse as the weekend went on and next week could be an entirely different story but at the very least people came out to the theaters to see black widow yeah absolutely and um it was a shock that Disney released that, but I think they did so for a couple of reasons. One, I think they're trying to get that they're 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 boost they're boosting their theatrical numbers. I think um, 
I, I have no reason to think that they're fudging the, the the numbers for the Disney Plus because why would they if they you know they don't need to um, because really eighty million is not bad in by itself just considering that a lot of people had an option to see it at home uh, a lot of people are still not going to the theater I did not go to the theater to see it neither did uh, I a, a lot neither of did people, I uh, wow wow I'm shocked I you thought didn't I do. thought it was going to be the only one. Um, uh, but I got to, you know, I, I felt like I got my money's worth cause I watched it twice <laughs> this weekend. And so, uh, and you I might as well. It. Yeah, exactly. And I can watch and I'll probably watch it a few more times just because I can. Um, and just to make me feel better about spending the money. Um, because that's one thing that's nice about it. I mean, you think about it, it's only what, you know, $30 for one shot at it. That's kind of rough. But if you think, oh, I'm going to watch this a bunch of times before, you know, it's available for free, quote unquote, for free as part of Disney Plus in October. Then, you know, you kind of feel a little bit better about that, um, I think. Um, but uh, um, yeah, and considering all of those things against it, it still did better than, you know, like the opening of Thor. I think the original Thor movie, it still did better than Ant-Man and Wasp. It still did better than uh, a lot of other Marvel movies. So um, it's, and that it's was- Thursday preview did better than Ragnarok. Yeah, really? well, that's amazing, right? Yeah. So nothing to be, you know, Marvel MCU is back in the theater. I mean, I think that's the important message here. It was really awesome to drive by the movie tavern right around the corner from where I live and literally see the parking lot packed all weekend. And it, I believe it did better than Fast 9 did the week before. Yeah, it did. It broke, uh, it, it broke the uh, previous pandemic record, uh, which was, uh, which was uh, F9. And I actually saw that on Friday. So <laughs> is uh so is this the the biggest movie of the year so far? F9 no, it's probably going to be uh, uh Black Widow. I meant Black Widow. I know. <laughs> uh so Black Widow is, is yeah, so far, right? Is on pace to be I mean there's still a lot of movies left, I know, but uh there is, but I'm not sure there's a whole lot that's going to be matching this. Well, we've got two other Marvel movies this year, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Squeeze them in now. You know? I know. Now it's like every other month working a Marvel movie. They're trying to get. They're playing. They're trying to play catch up. Um, which uh, uh, you know kind of leads me into. All right. So this is the twenty fourth movie in the MCU, right? Um, it is Black Widow's tenth movie appearance, I believe. Um, again, like I said, it's the first Marvel movie since July twenty nineteen. Uh, they've been trying to work on a Black Widow movie. A Black Widow movie has been a development in some way and form ever since 2004 when Lionsgate acquired the rights. Uh, this has been a long time coming. So the expectations on this movie in some ways are, are quite significant. Um, and the last couple of movies that featured a, a woman superhero team or woman superhero that, uh, in the lead did not do extremely well. Uh, oh. I'm talking. I'm looking at you, Wonder Woman '84. Night and, and day between the two <laughs> movies. Night and and, day. Uh, and even Birds of Prey, I think, was a little disappointing from that. Uh, so Black Widow had a lot of of weight on it, like you know, as far as whether or not it's going to, uh, you know, for the future. Um, meanwhile, in the time that we should have maybe got a Black Widow movie, there was a bunch of uh, what I call Black Widow clones released, right? Um, Red Sparrow in 2018 starring Jennifer Lawrence Aunt Anna starring uh, Sasha Luss uh, in 2019 um, Ava 
in 2020, sorry, Jessica Chastain. Atomic Blonde, even, a spy-ish kind of movie, right? Uh, that's 2017 with Charlize Theron. So a lot of scene movies kind of capitalized, I think, on what Marvel wasn't doing. Um, and I know, Ashley, you've been championing for a, a Black Widow movie for a while now. So with all that being said, it's finally here. What What are your thoughts now that you finally get to see it? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad to see that we finally have this movie. I think it definitely we should have gotten a Black Widow solo film right after the 2012 Avengers movie. But at this point it is what it is. We've finally gotten the movie and I am glad for it. I feel like it's a really solid Marvel movie. It's not necessarily in the top top tier for me and I think partly that's not even the movie's fault. It's just that the MCU shows on Disney Plus have been so mind-blowing and amazing. Like, WandaVision was incredible. Loki was incredible. And kind of comparing those, Black Widow is more of a straightforward movie. It doesn't necessarily tie in to the future of the MCU as much as WandaVision and Loki do with their introduction of the multiverse and magic and all this wild and crazy speculative stuff. But it is a solid movie. I think it's it feels kind of like an MCU-born film. There's some good spy sequences, and it gives the character a little more closure after her death in Endgame. It still feels a little bit weird that we got this movie after she dies. I feel like that kind of sucks the wind out of the movie a little bit, but I did enjoy some of the new characters introduced, and I'm really excited to see uh, Yelena again in the MCU. Yeah, I I think um, that's an interesting point, too, about, you know, um, it being a prequel. I think it's one of the one of only two Marvel movies that have been prequels, right? This one and Captain Marvel, yeah. right? Where, where, mm-hmm. where depicted stories that took place before the, the events that didn't move the franchise forward, and at oh. least until this one does at the end. But, kind of the first Captain America, too. You have to count that also. Yeah, this is a... Um, uh, that's true. Um, but this is a, uh, a movie that actually, like, yeah, it takes place beforehand, and is a passing of the torch. It's kind of like, uh, you know, in um, Winter Soldier, right? It's kind of like um, Falcon and Winter Soldier series, where it's the passing of a torch between one Marvel hero and another, uh, I think. Um, uh, Alex, what did you feel about the movie in general? Okay, so um, here's one of the things I'm not crazy about sequels, especially when it comes to, when it comes to prequels, mm-hmm. um, I, I should say. I, the, the thing I have a problem with prequels is the fact that we know what's going to happen to the character. There is no sense of what could happen. Um, and, and that's very disappointing to me. That said, this is the first solo film for an MCU character that's not an origin story. True. Um, in the, the first of the series, which I think is actually kind of cool because we don't get the here's how she grew up with the Red Room and, and here's how she did all these evil things. We saw some of the things that she did through flashback, which was a genius way to do it. Uh, we finally got some closure on Budapest. Um, but one of the things I loved about phase one and phase two of the Marvel Universe is that each movie by itself was a different genre. You take a look at Captain America, that is a serial. You take a look at Iron Man, that is a hero's journey. You take a look at Hulk, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Thor is Greek mythology. 
you know, you have these different styles. Even Captain America Winter Soldier is an espionage movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So here we go back to that concept and we get the spy thriller. And it's filled with the with the with the Jason Bourne John Wick style action that we've really kind of gotten used to seeing in these kinds of films, along with a family aspect. And I'm sorry, I saw two movies this weekend that dealt with family, and this one dealt with it better. This one didn't have as many memes, though. No, <laughs> not yet. Anyway, not yet. Give it time. <laughs> Uh, Mike, what about you? What's your thoughts? I thought, you know, it it was one of the better James Bond movies that I've seen in quite a few years. And it was, like Alex said, it was the theme of James Bond. It was the theme of John Wick. It was the theme of, you know, the Bourne Identity movies. And it had the feel of it. And it was exciting. There was not really any time in this movie where I was ever bored. It 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 was a two hour and five minute movie, and I was glued to the TV the whole time, and loved every second. I loved the new characters they introduced. There's a lot of possibility to go forward with these characters going on, and I love a little of the nods they gave to the comics and to some of the other things in this movie, and I just. It was fun. It was a good popcorn movie. And that's what you what I fully expected from it. And this is great that they fit it in. This is right after Civil War. And this is perfect. You know, we wondered where Natasha went from the end of Civil War to when you see her in Infinity War with Captain America and everything. So it's it's pretty darn awesome. Yeah, I mean, it definitely fits. It, it tells that story. Um, and it is kind of an interesting story to tell with some, you know, flashbacks to when they were when she was younger. Um, if anything, it might you might be you might be considered an origin story for uh, Yelena. Right. Um, uh, because my guess is that even though they don't really say it, my guess is at the end, she's the quote unquote new Black Widow um so although that's we're not really clear on that but um um yeah and i think a lot's been said about you know whether or not this is you know scarlett johansson's just you know whether she's the the main star of her own movie um uh but uh uh but i enjoyed it a lot i enjoyed it um so much i mean i watched it again and i had no problem with that i didn't even though i spent uh you know 30 bucks uh, to watch on disney plus i did not feel like i did not get my money's worth uh, a lot of it's on the screen. Um, uh, but I do think, like you guys were saying, that the movie has handicapped a little bit because of the restrictions and limitations on it. Because it's a prequel. Alex, like you said, even though we know, we don't know specifically what's going to happen to her or maybe the other people in this, in this, the other characters in this, we, we, there is a dark cloud over this because we know that she's not going to survive long for long after this like in the next adventure well i mean she does survive quite a bit along like five or six years after this but um but yeah we know her fate um and uh my first question uh i guess regarding that is before we get into specifics is does this change natasha's sacrifice in endgame 
because I feel it does. Um, when when Natasha sacrifices herself at Endgame, and I'm really interested to get your thoughts on this, Ashley, because I know you don't like that part. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, she pretty much sacrifices herself because Clint is the one with a family and she's got nobody, right? So that's her justification. Like she's not, it's just her solo, right? But here we find out she was just reunited with her family and now she's got a family. She's got people at home that care about her. And yet she goes and makes this sacrifice anyway, which is just, you know, a strong part of her character, but it's a different, it, 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 there's a little bit of difference there. Um, what are your feelings on that? And does that scene help or hurt that in any way for you now? Ashley? Yeah, I think this movie definitely helps me with that scene. As I've said before, I, I love in game so much, but that's my one little bone to pick with it is black widow's death. And, it just feels a little bit too much like fridging to me, but I really like the idea that um, I think it's a red guardian who says something to the effect of like, if you're going to sacrifice yourself, do it for someone like your family or something that's worth sacrificing for. So I think that gives it a little more context. And that's actually why I'm really excited about the in credit sequence that Yelena is going to go after Hawkeye. Um, I'm not that better. I'm not rooting for her to kill Hawkeye. It's like, <laughs> but I think that <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going that dark. Kind of, kind of sounded going like down. that. <laughs> no, but I think you're going down, Barton. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I'm bitter and want revenge. No, but I think that as she goes on that mission, there will be more opportunity for closure, and for those two characters to maybe work through more of what Natasha's sacrifice means. So, the movie itself kind of helped give me a little bit more closure but i think we'll get even more in the mcu going forward and i'm really excited to see what happens between yelena and uh hawkeye in future series films whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i definitely thought about that as well i mean there's and that's you know i was going to save that to the end as far as what the future holds so we'll, we'll table that for now but um uh alex mike any does any thoughts on on how this affects uh endgame or in infinity war it was interesting because in this movie they reveal they didn't reveal what that they didn't reveal what the mother's name was but if you remember in 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 infinity war actually endgame when hawkeye and black widow went to see the red skull on their planet he said her real last name and so it was interesting that you know that that was her father's last name so she and she, cause she never knew what it was so it was it was interesting with that part do i think it cheapened the scene or anything from this movie no not at all cuz i still think she made the sacrifice for you know she doesn't have a husband she doesn't have kids and everything and you know so i think she spared barton because he did have the kids and the wife and everything to go back to if they they succeeded and something else i wonder too thinking back to that movie black widow has kind of gone on this arc where she's come from the dark side and now she's made peace with her past versus an in game clint's kind of gone on this killing spree so she exactly. doesn't want him to end his story like on, on the, the dark, dark side. side this movie changes the dynamic of the black widow hero's journey um because 
you know, we know how she comes in. We know from Avengers that she's got red on her paper. Lots of red. Lots of red. Um, we know that she's been trying this whole time to get that cleaned up. And then in this movie, we find out that she's doing what she can to try to get the Avengers all back together. She's trying to fix that, too. So you go through this whole thing. And, I mean, admittedly, yes, the Red Skull does inform her that her last name is Palpatine. But, you know, I, I just well, think duh. that, yeah, you know, they're all Palpatines. All? Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, Disney Synergy. Um, so, I, you know, it's, it's this moment where I, I, I'm assuming that during that sequence, she has the moment of clarity uh, uh, from Endgame that says, this is what I'm supposed to do. And it sucks because I just got my family back. And it sucks because I just got my other family back. But it needs to be done. Um, I There's there a part of me that hopes that, you know, that wasn't the end for her. Um, but clearly this movie has indicated that it very much is. And um, I, you know, it's, I, I, but I definitely feel like this movie, instead of taking away from the end game sequence, actually adds to it. Yeah, not just the not just that, but it also um, I think well it explains where that cool jacket she wears uh, in Infinity War and Endgame comes from. So that's that's pretty awesome. It has a lot um, of pockets. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that, <laughs> we were all we were all talking about that after those movies. We were all like, where did she get that jacket? That is so. Does it cool. does it have a lot of pockets? Does, yeah, I mean, is it modified at all? You can like you could put stuff in there. No one would know, right? Nobody like, would notice. Exactly. It's so cool. Um, the, but it also, you know, it shows that she takes it upon after, you know, reuniting her fake family. Um, she she says, you know, at the end, she's like, I need to I need to fix my other family. I need to fix the Avengers. And she takes that so seriously that she ends up being like the leader of the Avengers after the events of Infinity War for like, you know, half a decade. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, very much so. Takes that very seriously. And I think that 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 gives her her character like reasons to do that and um i think it does enhance it i think you know um uh, i don't know you know in development i don't know when this script was written if it was written prior to those movies if they knew like all of that stuff going in or what or if they just banked on it now i don't i don't know but my understanding is is that even though this was supposed to come out uh pre-covid um it it nothing has changed. Like this movie has just sat on the shelf for a year. It hasn't like, they didn't tweak it. I think the only thing they might've tweaked was the end because I think, uh, and it wasn't Val supposed to, um, this was supposed to be your first appearance, right? This was supposed to be Valentina's first appearance. Yes. Um, and, uh, so I think it was, uh, screen junkies actually was the one that, uh, broke the news that because of the delay on black widow, that the big surprise character at the end of Black Widow was going to be spoiled on Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it felt like, I don't know. I kind of was replaying that in my head though, the second time. And I'm like, man, if this is the first time I'd seen her, I would have, I'd have been like, who is she? Yeah. yeah. I would have been like, what the heck? Like, I'm kind of glad it worked out the way it did. So, um, uh, but anyway, I want to talk more about her a little bit later. Um, let's get into the characters um here's a weird aside i've noticed that especially um uh, scarlett johansson has gotten a lot of heat in the past for playing characters that are are uh foreign 
And uh, in this case, all the major Russian characters are played by English or American actors, and yet no heat. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> no heat uh, given to anybody, uh, which is kind of odd. Um, I thought that was a very strange thing. But uh, I guess if they're, they're just, a, you know, Anglo in ac- with an accent, it, it's okay. I don't know. Um, it, it may be a case where we're not seeing the heat right now. Um, so because people are just excited to be back at the movies. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, you know, I do wonder, you know, um, uh, certainly, David's, you know, uh, accent was a little if, rough. If, David, there. if Russians are going to view David's performance, like they do Dick Van Dyke's and Mary Poppins. <laughs> Why are the Russians mad at Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, you know, it's a whole like uh, soccer thing, I think. Um, oh, anyway, okay. um, so uh, the characters, I think um, we've got some new ones here. Ashley, what's a character that stood out for you in the movie? Well, I kind of mentioned this before, but I really liked uh, Yelena. And I think she was almost my favorite character in the movie. I would say even more so than Black Widow, as much as I enjoyed seeing her story. I think it's really cool to see the comparison and contrast between her characters and how Natasha's kind of moved on from their um fake family structure but Yelena's hold held on to that like she really like this is all she has like for her it was real this is her family and I just really enjoyed seeing her scenes I loved how she was joking about uh Black Widow's superhero poses and that was kind of a fun such a poser. yes that was a and fun. then did it I know and so <laughs> And I think she liked it a lot more than she let yes, on. Yes, I do too. It is fun <laughs> to do those poses. If I was a superhero, I would pose all the time. But I really enjoyed seeing their bond and how at the end, uh, Natasha recognized that even though they're not family by blood, they are a family. And I am just so thrilled that we appear to be getting more Yelena content. I had just assumed that these were all one-off characters based on where this occurred in the MCU timeline. But I love that idea of passing the torch and getting to see her as the new old black widow alongside the new captain America with Falcon. And I'm, I'm excited to see her again in whatever form she shows up in within the MCU. It is, is somewhat unfortunate that the main, that the way that uh, Scarlett Johansson finally gets a black widow movie made is by passing the torch to someone else. Yeah. Um, which is it, it's it's too bad she didn't get a movie that she could just be the lead right um but and, and you know taking all that aside um Florence Pugh is amazing mm-hmm. uh I, yeah. I I she really impressed the hell out of me in wrestling with my family as Paige um and in this movie she's she's so good uh, every excellent scene, with accents too. Yes. Uh, yeah, excellent with accents. Um, uh, excellent with the the fight sequences, the action sequences. She makes every scene that she's in better. Yes, agreed. Um, she really connects and has chemistry with everybody that she's on screen with. Um, the 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 character is great. Uh, I really appreciated the, the Elena's character. Uh, I felt like Elena and Natasha had great chemistry mm-hmm. together. Agreed. Um, and oh, from uh, the like... very first scene with them at the apartment in uh yeah when they're beating the crap yeah. out of oh yeah That's a it great was awesome fight. <laughs> that is an awesome fight that dual steal of the guns was yeah. just perfect yeah um and i gotta say i i I'm, we'll, we'll get to the other the choreography the dance style choreography in this when we see all the black widows training that was gorgeous yeah 
Yeah. I mean, it was really necessary to, to show that they were all sort of uh, on the Late. same wavelength, right? They're all controlled by the same person, by the same thing. So they have to be in complete unison uh, when they're fighting and their fighting styles. Um, I also love that, you know, in your, in your great review, Ashley, you, you, you said that uh, Yelena was like Natasha, but desperate for connection. Um, I, I really thought that that really defined her character really well. And uh, you could just see that through the whole movie. She was, she was hiding it, but boy, mm-hmm. was she desperate. Um, oh, but, she had such a tough exterior, but she was a softie underneath everything. It the was... whole family's like that. Yeah. 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 The whole family's like that. When we find out that Crimson Dynamo is not as strong, uh, sorry, Red Guardian is uh, uh, not as strong as he claims to be. Um, it's actually uh, his, his speech, uh, which, you know, obviously nobody gets to hear, um, is very reminiscent to me of um, Bob Parr's speech in The Incredibles. I'm not strong enough to lose you. Um, and there, there are very similar styles to that, where he's like literally admitting that he's not the man that everyone thinks he is um and and rather you know he needs his family that's a good way to put it actually and i think that's a great segue into talking about alexei about talking about david harbour's character david harbour who uh, apparently is now going to be closely connected with russian prisons his entire career um uh yeah, let's talk about him. Um, uh, what did you think of the introduction of Red Guardian, uh, Alex? You know, it, it was entertaining. He, it's, it's very strange that in a movie like that, that you have a major father figure who's kind of a comic relief uh, through most of the film. Um, you know, we, see, we don't see him become serious in the film until after he's admitted that he's not strong enough to be without his family. It's not entirely true. The first act of the movie, he's entirely serious. Like well, he's, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I mean, like after he's lost them and, and I don't, and, and I don't know, I think, all right, so I'm going to go out. I know that David practically steals every scene that he's in, which I think is almost a detriment at times. Um, but it's, I give him credit for his performance. It's an amazing performance. I just wish that, because I think uh, I think they took the character and they I'm going to use the term here they Ragnarokked him uh, mm. because I think if they had cut out maybe oh one third of his jokes I think it would have been more effective to me because to me he's introduced he's a very serious guy he's very uh, action oriented um, when we see him and then for the rest of the movie when it, once he's reintroduced he's the joke. Uh, he gets a couple of moments where it's nice. Uh, the scene with him and Yelena in the bedroom uh, is very nice. Um, uh, where they're singing American Pie, um, but um, but yeah, too many times. It's just like, and I think the biggest disappointment to me in the whole movie was his fight sequence with Taskmaster. I thought, uh, um, I, I thought that was just, it just was a waste of time i didn't do anything for me in the movie like i i didn't feel one way or another about it and i should have you know this is this is uh red guardian versus you know a clone of captain america you know like fighting like his dream and and yet it really isn't presented that way 
and uh it just was kind of boring it's the most i think it's the most boring fight scene in the movie um but uh but i know that red guardian is getting a lot of love david harbour in particular is getting a lot of love so i know that i'm probably and i know a lot of people love ragnarok a lot of people love the marvel humor so i get it that's part of the deal now i think but to me it's just a a little bit too much um you know maybe he'll be you know maybe we'll get a red guardian to the galaxy movie um (laughs) but uh mike what did you feel about uh red guardian red guardian was an interesting character like you said he was you know, all serious at the very first scene of the movie when they were in Ohio, using air quotes, because it looked too much like DeKalb County for my taste. But, I yeah. actually know one of the houses that they went by. Yeah. Because uh, it belongs to a friend of Tally's. I so. kind of figured. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, but it was, it was fun to see that. And what do I think of the Red Guardian? I agree. He was a little played for humor later on in the film. I love, you know, you know, how he was the braggart in prison and everything, which made sense and everything. And, you know, he was like taking out everybody with the arm wrestling and everything. And it was, you know, even in prison, some of the other characters they introduced there were some of his superhero compatriots from the Marvel Universe, including Ursa Major, who trans is a mutant and transforms into a giant bear. So... But he ended up breaking that guy's wrist in the movie. And but or paw. Yeah, or paw. Or paw. But <laughs> yeah, I liked the relationship he had with his daughters. And, you know, he you know, it was like this was the probably the last glory that he had was that mission to undercover. And after that he was thrown into prison and he's been in there ever since. And so this was his chance to reclaim glory. I agree the fight with Taskmaster was a little disappointing, but I thought it made sense. Because, well, Taskmaster is a formidable foe because it not only, you know, it was Captain America, it was also Black Panther, it was Iron Man, and all of them, all of them even Black Widow, you know, and everything. Copies, you know, because it's... He, a total mimic and he, he only has to see somebody once to be able to copy all their moves and everything. And I'm sorry, did you say he, he, she, you know, cause in the comics it's a he, but, and that was really, yeah. I hadn't heard that. And it was interesting cause it was so easy to figure out who taskmaster was. That was not even a surprise. My, the first appearance of uh taskmaster, uh, there, they are walking, on the thing and tally looks right at me and goes is taskmaster a woman <laughs> and i'm like i don't think so she goes got a butt like a woman i'm like okay okay all right also well, does captain america it's got america's butt ass that's know? america's ass right there <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> but yeah but you know i liked i liked the character and david was fun and it was great to see him in something other than stranger things so, which was pretty cool. Actually, I thought he made a really good Hellboy, even though the movie was not great. Mm. I thought he was really good in it. Mm. So, um, you know, if you can't get Ron Perlman, I think David did a really good job being like the He, next he was the best part about that movie. I'll say that. So, um, all right. Um, uh, let's talk more about Taskmaster, uh, because obviously it's a big part of the film and, and got a little bit of uh, controversy out there. 
the fact that they did do the gender swap. Um, uh, what are your thoughts, Ashley? I really like the idea of Taskmaster being able to mimic different heroes and their fighting styles. I didn't really have any complaints with the character, just that I would have liked to see even more of like using different of the Avengers fighting styles, throwing out that kind of thing. And I would have been interested to see this character again. So yeah, that's, I, I like the character. I like the concept, but would have liked to see just a little bit more from that. Supposedly. And I tried to look at this in the second, uh, the second time I watched it a little bit more, but when Taskmaster does fight, you can, there are elements of different Avengers in included, but I think they're, I think they're way too subtle. Um, and uh, I, I wish that they were a little bit more obvious about it because then it would be clear. Uh, but because if you don't get it, you know, you know, if you don't know fighting styles, you're not, mm-hmm. it, no, it doesn't, you don't, it doesn't matter. but you yeah. saw her pop the claws for black Panther. You saw, you know, right. her even do the pose for, you know, for, for what you call for black widow so yeah. you know and and using the shield um was, and you know, she yeah. she reversed the uh the hurricane rana uh that black widow always does yeah which i think is one of the coolest shots in the film as far yeah. as action sequences go um, um but actually you had no prior history or knowledge of taskmaster before this right I did not. So the revelation actually did hit me as a surprise, but I'm going to blame that on like a new parent sleep deprived brain. So (laughs) (laughs) I might be the only person. Oh, she's already using that excuse. I'm going to, I'm going to pull that excuse now. Wow. Using (laughs) the kid excuse already. (laughs) It probably would have gone over my head anyways, but that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. But yeah, as someone who did not have any prior experience with the character, I thought it was handled well and I enjoyed seeing this different take on a villain and interesting suit. Cool idea for a fighting style. Unfortunately, I thought the best fight the Taskmaster was in was the first one he had with, uh, she had with Natasha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I that was really cool. That was awesome. That was I thought that was scene. phenomenal. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be cool going forward. And none of the other fight sequences with uh, her to me matched that at all. So I thought that was a little disappointing. Not that they weren't, you know, some of the fight sequences are pretty spectacular and the action, you know, the big climax and the, the red room coming down and all that fun stuff was, was really spectacular. But as far as actual specific fight sequences with her, I, I, yeah. So I can understand and Mike you, and, and Alex, I don't know if you have a history with Taskmaster, but I can kind of understand some of the purists out there being a little disappointed um and the gender thing is like just a whole different issue that i'm not going to get into because i think it's ridiculous but the fact that taskmaster is a pretty major villain especially when it comes to um heroes like um uh moon knight right so it's kind of a shame to see it change the character change like this yeah um uh pitch meeting uh from screen junkies has already released their Black Widow pitch meeting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the things in it, they talk about how we're going to bring in Taskmaster and we're going to totally Deadpool the character. And the other one's like, oh, you mean he's going to be, you know, wisecracking and everything like that? Like, nope. I mean, Deadpool, like X-Men Origins, Wolverine. (laughs) Oh, God, yes. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's kind of what they did. Um, It's a silent character throughout the entire movie. At the beginning, you're not even sure if it's a human. 
right? You right? Think, um, might think it's a robot or something. Which, they put which, the, the chip yeah, in they the put the chip the in the back of the head. Um, and, and again, I, you know, I guess they did something similar with the Winter Soldier, though. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I would have. There's been a lot of use of um, of the Taskmaster right now in uh, Disneyland and the Avengers Campus. Um, there's actually a sequence in which the Taskmaster invades the campus and has to fight off uh, everybody. It is, it is countering all their moves because wow. it's you know learning them. So I don't know how they're going to change with that now that the movie's been released. Um, because, I mean, it's the original Taskmaster comic book outfit. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and, they've already, and they're already doing the variant outfit for Loki out there. So, um, I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, the change is fine for me. Um, I, I kind of liked the, the battles between Natasha and Taskmaster. Yes. It, they, they, they did not get progressively better, which is a shame because that's what it should have done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Red Guardian versus Taskmaster fight should have looked like a boss fight for Red Guardian. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Maybe looked a lot like the uh, the the last fight for uh, one of the characters in Watchmen, uh, the one that gets killed by all the thugs. Um, but he's going out in a blaze of glory, that sort of thing. I was right. fully expecting him to die there. I yes, really was. That's what it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. I I I I thought about it too. I think killing off Alexei would have been a bad move in the movie, though, because I it would have changed a little bit of tone i think and they didn't want that to happen so and i think maybe they realized what they had out here and maybe their their plans they have plans for red guardian later on so maybe um maybe. Uh, but to so- me the the biggest failure with Taskmaster was not the gender swap but not even well the reveal was kind of you know simple we could tell um if we didn't have you know kids um and <laughs> um and uh it, you know, the fight sequences were disappointing towards the end. And also, you know, when, when Natasha finally saves her, I should have felt something and I didn't. Uh, so I think they failed on that regard too, because I really didn't, I really didn't care like that she was saved or not. Like I, and I should have. Um, so I think they kind of failed on that aspect as well. Um, all right. So um, I guess um, we could talk about Dracoff a little bit. Um, uh, Ray Winstone plays, uh, the Russian general who is the big bad, the bond villain, if you will, of the piece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen some folks really, really come down on this bad guy as like one of the worst that Marvel's been ever in a Marvel movie as far as development and all that kind of thing. Um, let me just say that I think that this was perfect for this movie. Um, I don't think that every villain needs to be Killmonger. Like, Mm-mm. doesn't need to be treated like Killmonger. This is a guy who works in the shadows and kidnaps and uses, abuses little girls. I don't want to feel connection with him. I don't want. I don't want to give him the satisfaction of telling me his story. I don't. I, all he needs to do is just be a a bully and then die. Like, <laughs> like that's all. Like, that's all I want from him. And and be, you know, whatever his scheme is, whatever his reasons for buying it makes no difference to me whatsoever. So in that aspect, I think that this villain was was 
was perfect for this role was this perfect for this story but i understand people want you know more, more development from from characters or whatever so i don't know ashley what did you think about um draco well normally i tend to prefer more nuanced villains with a little bit of gray area a little more development but like you said i think he was the perfect villain for this like he just made my skin crawl whenever he was on screen when I saw that opening montage of him taking little girls I was like okay this man needs to die in the most painful excruciating way possible like he he needs to be dealt with and I think it is scary because obviously there is no such thing as red room but there is human trafficking like there is there are people like that out there as much as we don't like to think about it so I felt like it seemed realistic to me, even though the setting is a superhero fantasy movie, this is a real problem. And that opening montage was actually, you know, quite impactful. I thought it was pretty serious. I was like, man, this is going to be a really dark and heavy movie. And I think they did a good job balancing the tone throughout. But yeah, I think that he was a good choice for this movie. And like you said, we don't want to feel sorry for him. He's just a bad guy. And sadly, there are people like that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he thought he was above being touched by anybody, you know, by the law, yeah. by, you know, or Black Widow, anybody. The whole thing with the form, uh, what, pheromones or whatever? Pheromone. Pheromones. Yeah, yeah, that was really creepy. Yeah. Here's the creepy yeah. thing in the Marvel comic books Nick Fury did the same thing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. There's a reason why Nick Fury can't get me touched by Black Widow. It's because he did the exact same thing to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. So. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on the big bad? Um, so let's face it, uh, Drakov watched every Brian Cox movie, um, <laughs> and just chewed more scenery. I don't, I don't think Melina, uh, actually crashed the, uh, crashed the Red Room. I think what happened was is that Ray was chewing the scenery so much <laughs> that it just cut a sever and he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He was unlikable and you cheer when he dies. Um, And that's the whole point of that character. We are not supposed to get attached to him. We're not supposed to be anything like that. I will say this. Marvel has a history, a history of making exceedingly weak villains. Um, Poor backstories, poor motivations. They really don't have it together. Killmonger and Vulture, I think, are two of the only ones. uh, And Kingpin Mm -hmm. uh, and Daredevil. Uh, are pretty much the only ones where you're like, okay, I Thanos. understand. Thanos, I would put on that list. Mm. Okay, purple maybe. and weak. It's like <laughs> being beaten up by Grimace. Um, he, he flies in a yellow helicopter. Come on, hello. <laughs> the the one know. guy who actually like defeats everybody. Okay, we'll go. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, but he had help. He had those little stones, which, as I understand, can be used as paperweights. Um, yeah, so I mean, I you know, I, I just feel like. They don't really take the time to develop the, 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 their villains very well. Their focus is on the protagonist and not the antagonist. Uh, in this case, it's a cookie-cutter villain for a cookie-cutter story. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be done really well. Yeah, I thought so, too. I, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. He, it, all, he pressed all the right creep buttons to me. So yeah. I, I was just like... And 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 I love the scene where you know Natasha and he are finally you know confronting one another, and you know you could tell with Natasha's history that she's just working him. Um, and 
Uh, and I love the fact that they kind of called back to that because we, I don't think we'd seen Natasha use that particular skill for a while. So, uh, she, you know, thank you for your cooperation. She so, used the same oh, line on, on Loki that she the used exact on same line. Yeah. 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 And she'd done that before too. I mean, she did that in a couple of other things and now she's, you know, she's, she's doing it again. And that's, that was great. Um, so um, any other characters that stood out for you, Mike, uh, as far as um, that we need to talk about? No, you know, I, you know, I'd like the little switch because you did think the mother betrayed everybody. And, you know, that was a nice little red herring. And it was like, it was, it was fun. And, you know, Rachel Wise is wonderful in pretty much everything she does. And how is she not aged? I know. She's she's pretty amazing. Well, she's married to Daniel Craig, so. You know, yeah, okay. well, I, I, I almost thought to myself, as much as I like Rachel Weiss and she does a great job, I almost thought like, you know, because I was thinking about the sort of like, man, they just got English actors to play Russians here. Like, wait, was there was there nobody available? And I thought, you know, Mila Jovovich would have been great in that role. Um, but uh, but alas, she didn't do that, although her Mila Jovovich's daughter plays young natasha in the movie so there is that connection um so it's not it's not all just uh you know american is english people but uh no it was interesting i liked you know a lot of the different characters the villain was like i didn't care if he lived died because i know he was a one-off it's not like he's going to be coming back in the next one revenge of you know blah 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 you're not yeah good point i i was on the one hand i was kind of surprised that they showed him like his death but on the other hand, I was glad they had no choice because with a guy like this, you want to see him die. Yeah. There's no, we don't want to question Mark. Like, is he still out there? Not again, not after yeah. the first time. If this is Natasha's last go around, we need to know that she succeeded. And we need to know that this guy's dead. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it was good. Um, like the family aspect, the guy who kept on coming back to, you know, give Natasha the different weapons and the Mason. Yeah. Mason. I'd be curious to see him come back in some form. He has a connection already to the Marvel Universe. I know what really? it is. Go ahead. He's the son of the Tinker from Spider-Man. Yep. Ah. Exactly. If they do that tie-in. Yeah, and, yeah. And everything. But, yeah, it was it was interesting, and I like the character, but, you know, it was just – it was real interesting to see where they – they were going to go with him. I could see him popping up in Hawkeye very easily. Oh yeah. And everything. Yeah, it's possible. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, and I love the groundwork there they have for the next black widow, but they also possibly have set up the dark Avengers also, mm-hmm. which yeah. is pretty interesting. Well, that leads me to uh, obviously uh, before we wrap this up, talk about the future and what that last scene and more of the movie, you know, represents. Um, although one last note on the cast and, and, and the characters, um, nice to see William Hurt pick up a check, you know, I guess uh, you mm-hmm. know, he's kind of in there just for real briefly. I'm like, I don't know how much you get paid, probably a lot more than you should, but damn, you're only in this for like, what did you do? Like an hour's worth of work. <laughs> You come to Atlanta, film a couple scenes, and then, like, go on your way. Uh, We need a shot of him in a car. Okay. But I think it is maybe telling to the future that, you know, he's sick. Uh, He's, Mm -hmm. it looks like he's, he's meeting his end. 
that could have implications in the future for Thaddeus Ross as a character because we know what happens to him in the comics once he gets starts getting sick. He you starts know, turning um, red. Very his, red. Yeah. His, you know, he'll, he his, becomes the new Red Guardian. His exactly. skin tone will match the color of his cane that he's perfectly that he's presently using, um, and that is red. Uh, big, I guess, yeah, big color in this movie. Um, but also, you know, if he's not around, maybe you know Val takes that spot. Um, you know, ha- it, is there any relation between the two of those characters? We don't know. So, but um, yeah, so uh, Marvel's got a lot of things going on. Uh, a lot of things going on, a lot of storylines going on. You know, they've got uh, two more movies coming out. I don't think that, you know, there's only one scene in this movie that kind of leads to, like, there's only one sort of end credit scene, which I thought was, I was like hoping for two, I guess, because I wanted more so much. Um, but I think it's clear this movie is not going to tie into the next, like, Captain Marvel movie or or Eternals or uh or shang chi you know i don't think that that's on the on the table um it does look like it's directly going to connect with uh the new hawkeye series um but what else possibly could be going on uh mike you mentioned thunderbolts and and dark avengers certainly those are on the table especially with uh val recruiting this group she's got her own captain america uh she's got her own black widow now um, you know, there's going to be a, there's going to be a series coming up where there's going to be a passing of the torch to the Hawkeye character. Mm. We kind of know that going in, right? But that Hawkeye character is actually more of a young Avenger and in the comics. And they also have introduced a lot of those characters already in it's the series here, including last week's Loki, you know, so. So That's we'll, true. we'll be seeing, you know, you know, I want to see young Avengers with alligator Loki. So it'd be awesome. <laughs> I want to see alligator Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for it. It's the next. What if? Um, so I, it, it may be nothing. Um, and it may be one of those things where I'm deep diving because I really want to see it. But um, we know that Elenia's next target is Clint Barton. But she specifically says to uh, Val that she didn't need to come to the West Coast. Mm. 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 I'm just saying. I, I love her line that she's uh, uh, she's um, allergic to the Midwest. Um, yeah. uh, nobody can deliver that line like like <laughs> Julia Louise Dreyfus can. That's this that, that's so skilled. Um, why here's a big question uh ashley i don't know if you thought of this why do you think val wants to kill clint i have no idea and i think that's part of the the fun and the mystery of what kind of her ultimate goal is since i don't know how much that character ties into the comics or kind of what her goal was i was really intrigued when i saw her in falcon and the winter soldier and i wasn't expecting to see her again here. So I think she definitely has some kind of plan going. Maybe he's interfering with whatever plan she has, or she just wants to stir up trouble. Who knows? But I'm, I'm intrigued to see what her ultimate plan here is. I would, I would submit that if she is forming her own super team, whatever it's called, uh, she probably wants to make sure that the other team is not alarmed or not around anymore. So it's probably in her best interest yeah. to make sure that 
that that nobody from the original Avengers is still around to to stop whatever she's doing. She's cleaning it all up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's cleaning, cleaning it yeah. all up. Yeah. You, yeah. you think about it, most of the, of course, sadly, Tony Stark is gone. Natasha's gone. Captain America has gone to the past. Thor is off and who knows where with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So really, there's not Asgardians many of the original of the Avengers Galaxy. left. Yes, as Guardians of the Galaxy, right, right. <laughs> um, and we don't know what happens to the widows. Uh, you know, we've got a whole, we've got a whole group of widows out there that can we know can fight. Um, but do we know they can fight though? Yes, they were all trained while under the mind control. Yeah, but so was Yelena. And, yeah, and that's and, true. That's a good so, point. Yeah, so that's uh, a good point. Yeah, so we, yeah, we assume that they still have the skills. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So, um, uh, but who knows how they'll be used? You know, I, I don't think that there's a group like that currently, or has been in the comics. So I'm not really sure what the if there is any plan for that. You know, I, I put them under Elena, and that they're her army. Yeah, gotcha. Pretty much. They, they, they. Uh, mm-hmm. I did like the fact that you know, as creepy as the opening sequence was, it did show that this was not just a Russian thing. Right? They made yeah. sure to point out that this is more of a worldwide epidemic, so the widows are much more of a diverse group. It's not just young Russian girls. Well, yeah. also, we don't know, like with the North Institute, what they, you know, it was a shield project slash Hydra, you know, how much of that, you know, the research continued after even though it burnt down got burnt down by the red guardian how much more was being done so you know yeah i'm just i'm just glad that melina's pig can still breathe yes i was worried judy was very worried about that She's like, oh, oh no man. not the pig everybody's worried you can't even concentrate on that scene because you're like hey 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 the pig the pig save the pig <laughs> and she um, another 15 seconds come on uh anything else regarding this movie either the the future of the mcu or i mean obviously you know we should come out of this because the way they've been usually doing the the movies is that we should come out of this really excited for the next one yet in because a couple months we're going to get shang chi and i don't think this does anything to sort of add our to our excitement of that movie oh this makes movie me excited yeah it, this movie ends the first the, the the last portion of the last group well technically it's the first movie of phase four it and yet it's not <laughs> it um, is, but it's a it's a passing of the torch movie right it, it is right, the end but, and the beginning right but they did all the end of with the new beginning stuff in endgame that's why they called it that <laughs> um we we did all that and then the the tv series has like given us the what happened afterward and 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 now this um i this feels more like the finish than the new start mm-hmm. and the next film will be the new start and the trailer for it is unbelievably good oh yeah yeah no um, doubt about that i'm very and, hyped you know then the eternals are going to show up and go we're here to defend the earth and everyone's going to be like where the hell were you when thanos showed up yeah, <laughs> where, where were you? Where were you when that 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 sky opened and all those like bugs were attacking New York? Like what? We had a billion robots picking up an entire country and dropping it. Where were you? 
I think you're going to get those answers. I think I really hope so. I think you're really going to get so. those answers in it. Cause... I think they're just they're just like us fanboys though. They're just sitting around going, you know, who do you think's going to lead the Avengers next? Like they're just like <laughs> they're just sitting around like you know, Zoom calling each other, eating popcorn, yeah. watching like, oh, I wonder how this <laughs> exactly. will play out. Put my money um, on the big green guy. So, um, well, fortunately, I don't think we have to wait that long until we're reunited to review another movie. I hope not. I don't think there, I think there's something else coming, right, Mike? In the next uh... two weeks, we're doing Mystery Alaska. Ah, yes. Okay. So yes. we will be back. So this has been so much fun uh, talking to you guys again about this movie, and uh, uh, I don't want it to end, but it has to for now. And uh, we will be right back, and we're not even going to get creative. We're just going to end the show. Yay! <laughs> Permanently? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. <laughs> Let's face it, creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the Black Widow movie. So after a very, very long wait, Black Widow was finally released in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. A local drive-in theater near me got it, so I decided to get in my car and have a night at the drive-in. I was so ready for this movie, since other than it being a story about Black Widow, I had no real story expectations or a timeline of when this movie was going to take place. So I was really excited to see what Marvel was going to give us with the Black Widow movie. The film takes place after Civil War and before Infinity War. So during that timeline somewhere, Natasha is running from the government since after Civil War, Captain America and others were made fugitives. She isolates herself in Norway and then gets pulled into the Russian Black Widow world when another widow, Yelena, sends her an antidote that has been created to help stop the chemical mind control over the Black Widows. Natasha is thrown into having to deal with her past and work with her younger sister, Yelena, to help stop Drakov from using the Widows to bring down many of the world's governments, since this man just thinks women are an object to turn into a killing machine, I guess. Black Widow was a lot of fun. I love Yelena and her humor throughout her scenes. She was so enjoyable to watch, and her and Scarlett Johansson's chemistry was amazing. I'm happy that we are going to be seeing more of this character in the coming Marvel phases. Black Widow was filled with lots of amazing action and a ton of girl power, and it really makes me happy we finally got a Black Widow movie, because she was easily able to carry it. And she made an action-packed and interesting film without having to have any of the other Avengers with her. 
I'm also really interested to see that how this film will tie into the Hawkeye series, since we do get a lot of Clint Hawkeye references in the movie. And that after credit scene, I can't wait to see how Yelena is used in the coming Marvel series and films. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. get out of here let's give a big shout out to our sponsor for this week of course we're talking about ink marketing and they have another new kickstarter program going on with pitter patter pitter patter follows the adventures of buddy and dude two cats from different sides of the tracks buddy is a streetwise no-nonsense rough and tumble cat while dude is your typical happy-go-lucky shelter kitten after being rescued by big doe one bdo the two are forced to coexist while living in a Life of luxury inside his humble abode with his girlfriend, Kitty. If you have a cat, love cats, know a cat, or even hate cats, this is for a tale for you. Grab your copy of it at inked.pub slash pitterpatter. That's inked.pub slash pitterpatter. Thank you from our friends at Inked Marketing. All right, guys, let's wrap up the show. I want to thank you so, so much, of course, for joining us. It's been fun talking about a new movie, actually, that we all got to watch. And having the crew back together is even better. Ashley, welcome back. It's so good to have you back. Thank you. I, Like I said, I've been looking forward to this all day, so it's great to talk movies with you guys again. Oh, it's awesome. Anything you want to shout out about? Um, I have been reading the new Star Wars series, The High Republic, and I highly recommend it. It's really good stuff. It's another prequel, but it's set so far in the past that basically none of the characters are recognizable. So it kind of has a more open-ended story, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, there's a number of books out so far in the series is going to be continuing. So if you like Star Wars and looking for something different, I highly recommend it. That is awesome. They are great stories. You're going to love where it goes and everything and it touches on an era which they barely even talk about in the movie and everything yeah so and i believe it'll tie into one of the future star wars disney plus shows yes 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 and alex autry thank you my friend always a pleasure getting the opportunity uh and the i the idea that we were get get to talk movies new movies now movies could not be happier yeah, it's going to be great. And I think our next new movie that we actually have coming up is, what, Suicide Squad, I think. Yeah, and I think so. Yep. So, anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is rare that you get the opportunity uh, to to work with a, a, a true talent, uh, someone who's absolutely gifted, someone whose opinion you not only uh, enjoy, but 
are willing to listen to, even if it doesn't agree with what you're saying. Well, thank um, you. So I appreciate I it. Just, so I just want to give my shout out to Miss Ashley Pauls, uh, who I am thrilled to death that we got to work together again uh, this week. It is awesome oh, that Ashley's back. And yeah. It's very sweet. Even though you yeah. didn't mean me, it's okay. You know. I, I don't really care about you or other Mike. I it's know. me and Ashley. I, I, I knew. Yeah, I knew. We yeah. knew, we knew I mean, that a long time ago. So. Yeah, I mean, you guys won't let me out of this damn satellite. So, you know. <laughs> well, you know, be nicer to us and maybe we'll let you out someday. <laughs> Thank you. You mean anyway? No, I'm just I'm just glad we got to that, that Ashley and I got to work together again. I, I I enjoy getting the opportunity to talk movies. She was missed. She was really was very much so. Exactly. We had some you. nice replacements for her, but you can't erase, erase the original, so it's perfect. Oh, I missed I missed you guys too. It's nice to be back. No, it's great to have you. And you know, you have a new little new one who's probably bouncing around the house already and everything. Not quite. Thankfully, she went to sleep before the podcast started, so you don't have any like nice background sound of screaming baby. So <laughs> it's been nice and quiet. <laughs> that is awesome. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? I do. I want to you know, continue with the ESO movie crew love and uh, talk about um, a chance that we did get to do. Uh, we were reunited for a brief little bit this summer. Uh, and we did a panel at Podcasticon, a virtual panel. Uh, Podcasticon presents Blockbuster, which uh, debuted, I think it was at the beginning of uh, July. And um, you can still access all the panels. Uh, the four of us did a panel on uh, Blockbusters that failed. Uh, Flopbusters, I think the name of the panel is called. And uh, you can listen to it now. So if you uh, are craving for more of us, uh, which why wouldn't you be? Because uh, uh, I certainly do crave for all of us to get back together um, on a regular basis. So um, feel free to uh, check out Podcasticon Presents Blockbuster. There will be a link to that in our show notes. And you can check out the, uh, I think it was the the Saturday evening podcast, uh, the panel of uh, Flopbusters. And you'll find all four of us talking about movies that um, we didn't really appreciate, the summer movies. <laughs> so... No, totally understand that. It was a lot of fun, and it was great because that was the first time all four of us were actually back together again. For quite some time, yeah. yeah. So it was really good. And so hopefully, you know, you're going to be seeing all four of us again quite a bit. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, all right, uh, my shout out. You know, I wanted to let everybody know that if you're having a wedding, a bar mitzvah, a bris, anything like that. You now can uh, contact me. I am now ordained. I got I got ordained uh, this last week. I am now ordained in the Church of the Dude. That's right. I am officially, according to the state of Georgia, I have a I have a license and everything, and I am or and I'm an ordained minister of the Church of the Later Day Dude. So <laughs> it is pretty awesome. And I have my I have my certificate and everything, so I already am lining up actually three weddings that I might be officiating very very soon. But so. since it's the since it's the uh, you know he's following the the, the the teachings of the dude, he's not going to show up for any of them. I'm he's not, not going to be there. But he's not know, really going to do it. No. So. I'll be too lazy to do it. So exactly. yeah. The big question is: Are you going to show up to the wedding dressed as the dude? Oh, damn straight. I think that's a requirement. It's a requirement. The, the, the I'll be there in a bathrobe and, a, you know, sweatpants <laughs> and, you know, 
Oh, oh good. It's another English person doing a white Russian. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like there's nothing wrong with a Caucasian, as they sometimes <laughs> called it in the movie. So it was interesting. It was, you know, it was, I saw it online and it's like, what that, I told Judy, should I do it? And she said, go for it. And I was like, so I did. And I got the certificate in the mail <laughs> the other day. So it's like, it's pretty cool. So definitely, you know, look me up if you need it. We could even do it over Zoom. So there we go. Don't even give me that look, Alex. Don't even. <laughs> don't even. Um, join us again next week, by the way. We will be back, and we are going to be still staying in the MCU, actually. We're going to be looking at Loki. That's right. We're going to be talking about it and reviewing and the thoughts of, you know, who is behind all the time travel issues and such. I have a feeling it's going to be a familiar face that we already know. But, you know, I'm not going to guess because it's not coming out till Wednesday. So none of us have seen it yet. But, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of great people lined up already to be on that episode. So it should be kind of fun to do. And, you know, hopefully you all will join us for it, as we always like to say. You know, it's just always nice to be able to be here with our friends, our you know, and talk about really cool, funky stuff. So it's a good thing. But as we like to say, you know, here on the ESO network, please leave us feedback and write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you. But as always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We're powered by NSC. You could find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music and Audible. All right, of course, you know, you could also please, you know, tell all your friends about us, you know, please. That's how we get our na our names out there. That's how we get more people doing this. And, you know, we're trying to bring you great content every week. So please, 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 please. I'm not going to beg too much on the show. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Ashley Pauls, and of course, Alex Autry, we thank you for listening. And as we like to say here on Earth Station One, we will see you here next time. And please take care of yourselves. Please get vaccinated. And beyond all everything else, stay safe. We will talk to you soon. Peace. And we are done. Hey. Bye. Hey. And if you need anything, call me. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com.
The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.